This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. What's happening? (laughs) I mean, like every week, there's so many things happening. (laughs) A lot has gone down in the last two weeks. I know. Week? Week. Week It feels like longer, but yes, I think it's been about a week, as it should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, in addition to our friend time, we need to do this every week. Yeah. This is our favorite part, so. Priorities are straight. For sure. Speaking of priorities... Do you have an update? Great segue. I do have an update. So um, I think I've been talking about the fact that I've been really working on my prioritization square and like intentionally looking at it every day and seeing how I'm progressing on certain parts of it. So the two that I'm talking about today, one is about work and one is about the hobby quadrant. So for work, um, I had committed in the square for that that quadrant situation to travel more often for work and it while it feels stressful sometimes I actually think I'm getting much more used to regular travel for work um, mostly because it allows me to hang out and chat with people that I don't get to see that often Um, whether it be like out of state or in and around New York State it's been really nice to have like you know, we put the date on the calendar and then you're working toward visits for that date. So it's not just kind of willy nilly. And that's been really helpful for my like my metrics and my goals. Um, and it really helps me stay on task. And it allows me to kind of um, see some different people that I might only get to see like once or twice a year. So and it gets me to different places, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I think the added perk is like, exposure to new city exactly exactly and like you know for what i do it's really helpful to be able to go back to an area multiple times at least once a year if not twice a year Mm -hmm. and some of the areas that i've been able to get to since i started are now like very comfortable places um and i really enjoy that part so i'm actively like working on that piece to go somewhere um, outside of Rochester once a month. Awesome. So, yes, that's going really well. And then as far as um, for Hobbies Quadrant, you know, QS lives in that quadrant right now. And so really looking at, like, how are we moving forward as a team and how I am contributing to that team has been really important um, for, like, the last, obviously, for the last year and a half that we've been working on this, but <laughs> even more so for the past few months. Um, so I've been trying to teach myself, like, a video audio tool for social media to help us kind of, like, round out what we're doing and how I can do something a little bit different. It's something called Headliner, and I'm still like getting into it, but I've been like dabbling. Um, and so that's been really fun. And working on pulling things together for our first speaking gig with Upstate Social. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be so awesome. We are working on all aspects of it, and I think it's going to be really awesome. Well, if you're interested in attending and seeing us talk about podcasting and social media... <laughs> Tickets are on sale at UpstateSocialSessions.com. They sure are. October 12th, Rochester, New York. Yes. And if Join you're us. outside of Rochester, come see us. It's a Friday. Feel free to hang out with us all weekend. We'd love to see you. I think it's going to be a great conference. It's going to cover kind of all spans of different types of social media, different like outlets that you can be using and how they go with social media and how they can work together and help promote brand and help promote influencer and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be super fun and you best be there. I'm ready for it. Yes. I love a presentation. I know. And that's the part that I'm, I love a presentation, like put me in front of a room all day. Um, But this is making me a little nervous, which I'm taking as a good sign, like good, nervous, excited butterflies. It'll also be our first time speaking together on stage yeah which i'm excited for the practicing that we'll get to do (laughs) to prepare super soon (laughs) we're gonna do like weekend retreats to get ready (laughs) it's gonna be great slumber party at brown's oh yeah and all the food 
wine and cheese and all of it. Yeah, hopefully we'll be productive. (laughs) (laughs) We will, sure, one day, someday. Uh, What about you? What's going on? So I know I've recently been talking a lot about how I'm trying to get better at doing nothing. Yes. But as life happens, sometimes you get busy. That's what they say. And then you don't have as much downtime. Or control over. Yeah, to to be wondering about how do you best use your downtime. Right. It's now flipped to, oh, there's a lot happening. How do I manage my tasks appropriately? Right. And so I think this week has been a little bit more of the learning of I'm feeling overwhelmed, communicating about that overwhelm, and making the people who are affected by it aware of like, hey, things are a little bit hectic right now. Mm I'm working on this. Here's when I can get to this. And that's been really helpful for me because it feels like a proactive approach to like spiraling. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) because it's happening right now. (laughs) I'm in the midst of it, guys. (laughs) Well, and like that was always a goal of yours is to learn how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And it seems like just since we had that conversation, you have actively done that much more than I think in the entire time that I've known you and like making people aware of where you're at and then actively working toward asking for help. Like the change has been very, very real. I'm glad it's visible. It is very visible. (laughs) Because it feels like it's progress, but sometimes it's the small things that are the wins. Right. Um, But I think the thing that's been really helpful for me is that I've been doing a good job of prioritizing like this needs to get done today. So Yes, I may have to work an extra hour or two on a couple things right. up until a little bit later than I'm like used to spending time on work-related and personal-related things, um, but sometimes that's important. And so what helped kind of keep the sanity in, in that structure was just to be able to build in moments of personal time. So it was like, okay, I'm going to take a breather between this thing and this thing so that I can at least throw a load of laundry in because... I need. I don't have. You need to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Active I don't have breaks. mental capacity for the other things. But you saw like where you could still accomplish something that wasn't going to take an hour or yeah. something like that, which is positive. Yeah, and for me, it's a lot of it is like I just need a mental break, like mm-hmm. a pause, so that I can continue with because my brain is just required to do a lot of like writing or creative things and so sometimes that gets taxing when I am busy yeah and you're like I just want to lay down I think that's the thing that I never really and I always liked writing but I never I always did it for leisure and so when you realize that when it's part of your job or like how frying it can become very quickly and I think we don't give the creatives enough maybe time or or places to like walk away from the creative work because it really it drains your personal resources very quickly not financial and stuff well maybe financial too but like your mental resources yeah (laughs) and I've learned that the best thing for me is like if I am feeling like I'm hitting like a writer's block or something of that nature because the things that I'm writing are I'm not writing a novel (laughs) (laughs) are you sure but sometimes I do get to that point where I'm like hmm I don't know what to do here. Like, what was that? And so I uh, I hit the gym, and that helps nice. just, like, l- let all the, like, gray matter disappear from my brain. Fair. And then you get to, like, you know, watch some E yeah. and zone and have your brain dessert and then get back at it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the best. Yes. Go to a gym where you have a TV in front of you. <laughs> because that is the only way to work out. <laughs> oh, great. So... We'll get there. Good. What's inspiring you this week? This week, um, so I was going to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda and a book that he has coming out called Good Morning, Good Night. And, well, that was a really productive thing to talk about, and you should pre-order it, as I have, (laughs) and follow him on Twitter. I found something even more inspiring, if you can believe it. (laughs) Anything more inspiring than Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, So I found this, like, basically a list. It was 65 things to do when you're bored at work. And I didn't love that title, mostly because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever bored at work. I think I get very fried (laughs) sometimes. Um, When you need a distraction from the chaos. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it really was 65 things. But what I liked is they broke them down by, like, desktop, phone, social leadership like they were looking at different ways that you could kind of tap into things that were going to help you be productive for at least like some length of time some were like 
reach out to um, your personal network to get like a informational interview on the calendar or um, clean up your desktop, which is like, you know, should be number one on my list these days. Um, Clean up your actual desk area also should be tied for number one for me. Um, Subscribe to industry newsletters, like finding things that will help you kind of enhance what you already know about where you work and what you do. I like this list. Yeah. And I liked it because it takes away the guilt of feeling like you just need to keep going. Like, I have more to do or I can find more to do or something like that where you just feel like you're on the hamster wheel a little bit. And and for me, I don't have the ability to like walk out early if I'm yeah. like done for the day. So this was actually a really helpful list because some days I'm just like, I can't do another call right now. Like I can't write another email for a day. And so to have something else that you can do that's just as valuable. And I think that's what the goal, at least that's what it felt like the goal of the list was to be like, even if it doesn't feel like it's directly related to the goal of what you do for work at the end of the day, like those types of things are really valuable still, and they are still making progress on productivity. Um, so I really enjoyed that. They link to a lot of things that like are stories or resource, resources from the Career Contessa website, which I also, I really enjoy that website. So I thought that was helpful to say like, oh, that sounds like a great activity or tool. And there you go. You can get right to it. Um, so... Um, I thought it was really great. And some of the takeaways were just very helpful. I'm going to get to my desktop tomorrow ASAP, um, mostly because it just stares at me all day. And I should probably do something about that. But I wanted to say that do nothing is on the list. Sometimes so, take a breather. You're on the right track. I'm, do, I'm doing it right. <laughs> Yours landed on their yes. illustrious 65 bullet point list. Sometimes it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Really though. So it was great. We'll share that. And yeah, especially if you're Brian and your mind is on the hamster wheel. Like I checked off everything on my to-do list. Let's make another to-do list. (laughs) But it was really good. It was really good. So we'll share that and maybe we'll add that to, uh, the, uh, prioritization square next. Some of those things. So yeah, I actually really, I might have accidentally deleted that email. That's okay. And so I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, because I saw it in an email. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we got to get back so at it. So I'm going to read that. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Don't worry. I got you. What about you? What's inspiring you this week? So I was in a situation um, where I had to be a support to someone mm-hmm. during a tough time. Um, and I was actually reminded of this story. Um, as I think I've mentioned in the past, I'm kind of an emotional creature. Yes. And so sad situations affect me intensely. Yes. Um, And so I was reminded of the story I heard on The Moth called How to Say It. And it was told by a doctor who shared her experience about having to tell someone that their loved one died, which is seemingly very intense. Yeah. Um, But she shared how it's easy to put yourself in the grieving person's shoes and let your emotions get the best of you, um, but was told early on in her training days Quote, don't pretend like that grief belongs to you. That's a powerful statement. Ooh, sit with that for a minute. And That's going to, like, take you right out. Yeah. And it was something, especially in my case, where I have the tendency to um, kind of be pulled into the emotions of the crowd. I'm an emotional sponge. And so I'll cry the second that I see someone else crying. And so I was like, I can't. This is not the situation in which that's appropriate for me to do. Right. And so it really, that line has always stuck with me and I hadn't really put it into practice until this moment. And it kind of lived as a mantra during this weekend of just saying, it's not your time to grieve. Right. And I kept repeating to them I, that to myself and it helped me kind of come back to my centered space of being like, here is where you are in this moment mm-hmm. and this is how you can be supportive, right. even though this is an emotional situation. It's emotional for everyone else around you, not necessarily you. Right. And I think there's a difference between being empathetic and understanding that like something very sad has happened, but not like making it about you mm-hmm. and how you're feeling. So you're so right. And I think that is, it's such a short thing, but it's it's very powerful. And I think it's very direct. And I think sometimes when it comes to grief and sadness and heavy stuff, 
it's uncomfortable to be direct, but we need that so much of the time because without that directness, then we kind of easily fall apart instead of like snapping back up and be like, you're right. You're right. You can be sad. You can be empathetic. You can feel, but to understand where your place is in all of that is an important place to be. Yeah. So that's great. It's sad, but helpful. It is. And it was one thing, especially because I do lean toward the like extreme emotional side of the spectrum. Sure. With that, that empathy is strong within me. (laughs) So it's, it's tough sometimes to know how to handle those situations appropriately and not let your emotions get the best of you. Yeah. I always heard that like, instead of asking what you can do to help, like just help, just find a problem to solve and go and freaking solve it. Because asking someone like, what do you need? (laughs) Like, like, I need someone to clean my bathroom. I need literally everything. Like, what do you, I don't know how to answer (laughs) that question. So it's like just, just showing up, but not just being idle, but like finding a problem to solve is the, is the best thing to do for people that are actively in need of support is just do something, bring food, even if they say they don't need it, send a card, just send a text, like whatever it is, but just do something versus asking someone what they need. It is not helpful. It's true. Yes, yes. All right. What are we talking about today? So today we are getting back into the finance game. Money, money, (laughs) money, money. Um, So... You know, for one of our very first episodes, we talk about budgeting and how you and I budget and how we break it down and our very like real financial situations and all of that good stuff. But today we're going to be involving our better halves and specifically how you plan and budget around when you're in a partnership or when you're in a relationship and how that can get kind of funky and how to kind of navigate that space. Um, Because facing your finances solo is a huge accomplishment and no one should take that away from you for sure. Um, But when you sign up for life with someone, it's this other step into the scary world that's like very easy to ignore until you're very much in it. And maybe sometimes past the point of needing to talk about it, um, which, you know, at that point you're backtracking and it becomes a much more difficult conversation to have when you're like, oh shoot, we're like super in it and we really should have done this a long time ago. Where do we begin? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. I think this kind of thing may seem like a tough topic to bring up or it's how do you even approach it? That kind of thing. So I think we're going to try and hit at some ways to start small and open those lines of communications early Mm -hmm. and have those conversations often because I think hashing out those money matters are important as your relationship progresses right and those the navigating the conversation is much easier when you're like hey let's talk about the groceries and then transitioning to like what's life gonna be like when we retire right (laughs) yeah that's a spectrum (laughs) so (laughs) that's so funny because yeah that's also a big huge conversation that you're gonna want to have at some point um but i think so today we're going to talk about um why it's important to talk about budgeting and finances with your partner and like what parts of that come a little easier and what parts of that are a little harder to hash through, Um, some apps that might make the process a little less painful. And we're going to share some of our personal experiences with this topic because we both have partners and we both have definitely gotten ourselves into this conversation. So let's speak it, Queens. Let's do it. So first, first and foremost, for everything that we talk about for every week, communication. Da, da, da. It is the base. Surprise, of, surprise. I know, seriously. It is like the base of everything, I think, especially when it comes to a partnership or relationship of any kind. And we've talked about this when it comes to friends and feedback and coworkers and relationships, like romantic relationships or otherwise. Communication is just what's going to save you at the end of the day and learning how to do it effectively, especially when the topic is challenging and difficult and, and like pressurized um, is still really important. And so learning how to communicate is key. So I I think that this is just first and foremost, I'm excited that people are even talking about talking in a relationship. 
And I'm seeing it more existing in so many different platforms of people just being like, here's a situation. Here's how me and my partner hashed this out. And just knowing that there's more opportunity and examples of people being like, this is how we deal with this. Right. Um, And I think that wasn't necessarily the case many years ago, or at least it wasn't like exemplified it wasn't talked about i didn't know about it so maybe <laughs> so it must no, not have happened maybe no one else did <laughs> well and it's me? like you think about <laughs> how people have always talked about like these are the reasons things don't work out and you always hear about communication being one of like the biggies when yeah. it comes to that conversation whether you're like in a full-blown married or in you're in a long-term partnership or if you just started dating the person last week like <laughs> no matter where you're at That communication is some of the reason that things don't work out, and we need to acknowledge that. And surprise, surprise, uh, the number one reason why people get divorced is because of finances. Yep. So, guys, we're going to give you some tips (laughs) how to work through this so you don't get divorced or break (laughs) up with your partner over... A sticky topic. Because we are the authority there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so starting the conversation, this is like, it feels like 101, which it is. But 101 sometimes are very hard. When I took Spanish 101, it was very difficult for me. Psych one, or what was it like? What's that, like philosophy 101? I did not take that. Hardest class I've ever taken in my whole life. Opted out. It was a 101. So not all 101s are easy, friends. And this definitely lives in that world. So I agree. Don't just drop a bomb on the person. Like, I am notorious for having that, like, anytime, any place mentality for having heavy conversations. And it literally never goes well. I've never had a positive moment where it's like, hey, out of nowhere, we're at this really nice dinner, enjoying each other's company. Let's get down to business talking about finances. Because I really think this is the appropriate time to do that. I personally love hearing about that after it's happened and how it didn't go well for you. And thankfully, I have a very (laughs) patient person in my life that consistently has reminded me of how well that doesn't go but has not also like left my side so that's helpful yeah but starting the conversation is difficult but it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody so like keep that in mind if you have been thinking about having this conversation or if you are getting to a place where you're like that should probably happen sometime soon um don't just like bring it up out of nowhere yeah i think in the past it was definitely seemingly tacky to bring up finances Mm -hmm. and i think especially in a newer relationship it can be really challenging to say like hey let's talk about this super heavy topic right that may or may not affect us because are we going to be together forever (laughs) so it's a lot like piling on right there (laughs) but i think that's why you have to take small steps to make it reasonable right and so like maybe that's why first and foremost Let's start with just having the conversation around, hey, we go out to dinner a lot together. How do we approach this? Right. You make X, I make X. Mm -hmm. What kind of percentages are we working with What does that look like? (laughs) Bring out the calculator. (laughs) Get the, like, guru money person in your life. Um, Yeah, just make sure you're both aware the conversation is going to happen and, like, pick a place where you can have a private conversation because I think that's such a big part of this, too, is, like you said... Money always has been a heavy topic because feel, people feel like they just shouldn't be talking about it. So I think people are very private, like, from the jump when it comes to, like, how much they make, how much they spend, what their budget looks like, if their budget exists, what their loans look like, do they have debt? Like, all of those questions feel very intrusive. Um And understanding that they only help you grow together to a certain extent, I think, um, but they only help you become more aware of how to support the other person. So when you're getting ready to have this conversation, make sure the other person is in the know. (laughs) And then when you're picking that location, like for me, I think I like to have conversations like this outside of our home sometimes, depending on what we're doing or where we're going, because sometimes you just like need an evening that is like a a nothing evening. Like, I don't want to talk about anything heavy right now. Like, can we table it? Somebody I know always says like, we're going to table it till later. And it's not, it's not getting rid of it. It is putting it on the back burner until you have like everything you need to be ready to talk about it. Um, That also can be at home, but um, just somewhere. I'm of the uh, couch. Yeah. 
we're sitting facing each other having having a real convo. See, my, maybe with a glass of wine. My couch is like my my like Your neutral area. <laughs> <laughs> so my couch is fully off limits. Although I I have broken that rule from time to time based on my nature as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a table that we sometimes sit at, and uh, or we have like a place that we like to go and like at a bar, but which doesn't feel very private, but like. It's not like But sometimes listening. it's nice to have a real conversation when you're sitting across the table from someone versus yeah. like you're looking at each other, you're having you're everyone's at, at attention. Right, right. Everybody's and that's important ready. to this kind of conversation is like even if it's just starting out talking about how to split the groceries, mm-hmm. you have to say like, "Hey, this is what we're going to have a conversation about." And can we talk about it? And I think the scariest thing is that actually just bringing it up. And once it's brought up, then it's like, oh, I didn't know that you felt that way. Right. Which goes a lot of ways with every kind of conversation that might happen with people. It's like, hey, I didn't know you felt that way. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. Exactly. And sometimes it's an avalanche and it all falls out at once. Or sometimes it's like a if we can accomplish this one thing in the course of this conversation, then I will feel really good about that. And being really clear about your expectations for where it's going is another important part of starting that conversation as you set a plan for the next conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is also this piece of it where it's knowing your own finances really well before diving into it. I think, you know, you all have been on this journey with me for the last, what, like nine months or so. And it started long before that, as far as like my budgeting journey and like how that looked for me. Um, And I couldn't have had the same type of conversation with my person before I knew all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I could kind of like willy-nilly like throw some numbers around, but knowing what my goals were, knowing my own budget was a really good place for me to start. And then asking that he have the same kind of knowledge base, which he had long before I did and has for some time now, um, it helps you like kind of create that plan together. And I think it's fair to say too that you can also be upfront about like, Yes, you should listen to our budget episode and get those tips because that is a really important thing of, you know, being financially secure and mm-hmm. and having control over your own outlook on what that is. But I think it's okay for you to go to your partner and say, I don't have control over this. Can we work this out together? Or right. can you give me some guidance because I know that you are, you know, astute in this arena of better equipped yeah better equipped to handle handle this discussion yeah but i think in general just having a basic knowledge of mapping out what where your debt lies and what are your savings goals and um what kind of budget have you set for yourself in some capacity so that you can be prepared to talk about some of those shared things that exist within those categories absolutely and i think honestly like for for me and my relationship when I started my process, that was me also starting that conversation. I agree. And it wasn't a moment where I was like, let's sit down and talk about this together. It was me saying, I'm getting my stuff together and I'm working on this and I want to share with you and keep you in the loop of like what my goals are for myself so I can start working on our goals together. And that was really important for both of us, for me to kind of like know where I was at before we really started laying down some of the tracks for what we were planning to build and have planned to build as a team um and with time comes more more to be shared too um i think another thing is just to be honest about that this is not necessarily going to be like the best conversation or the most fun conversation you have that day <laughs> and hopefully like acknowledging that kind of breaks the ice in a way so you can acknowledge like laugh a little like oh this is getting a little heavy or something just to like know you're both being vulnerable know you're kind of putting a lot out on the line and hope that you're in a place where that can be taken seriously but not judged so and I think another thing that comes up in this situation too is like you may feel insecure about certain aspects of your finances but the other person might be able to help you in those areas not saying like they're gonna pay your bills for you but at least be able to say like i didn't know that you had this problem or this concern and here's how we can work through this because i've definitely heard from friends who were like i didn't talk about this with my partner and we've been together for several years until now and we're married and he didn't we got married and he didn't know that this existed right 
And I was like, oh, no. Right. And you think about, I mean, I think about, you guys know that, like, when I see, uh, like, 50% off, like, spend $500 and get, like, 50% off your orders five days from now. Like, when I see something like that, I jumped. And I don't think he ever knew that that was a piece of, like, the way that I did things. And I wasn't, like, overdoing it, but I was doing more than I was really capable of doing at that time. So I think saying, like, I have a shopping problem that I didn't realize was as big of a problem as it actually is. And so just so you're aware, like, I need your support here. Like, I can't go to stores. I can't go to the mall. <laughs> like, I need to stay away from you anywhere to, I can spend a lot of money. You need to help me here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And asking for help in, in, in a way that, like, includes them and mm-hmm. makes them feel like they're not on an island and watching you, like, spiral, but, like, helping in some way. Yeah. And sharing. I think to that point, too, for me and Dan, it's a lot of – a lot of our funds go to eating out. Yeah. So for us, it was like him bringing up like, hey, can, we need to cut back on this. Because and you're I, like, no. <laughs> because we're trying to save for these other things. Right. And we're not. And I was like, what? It's like, I'm sorry, did you say no eating out? That's the thing where it's like, oh, I wasn't aware. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, let's talk about this and like revisit this. And where do we both stand? And is my budget bigger than your budget? Because here's where my priorities lie. <laughs> like those are those are things that we talked about. Of Absolutely. like, you know, and then also just awareness for myself of like, oops, I do spend more money than I thought I was on restaurants. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, you know, always the gut check everybody wants to see. But <laughs> but I think that this falls into the next category really well. Yes. Judgment-free zone. Yes. I think like this is part of that communication of thinking that your partner is going to judge where you're at financially is either a personal problem that you have because you feel judging, like you're judging yourself for it, or you're with the wrong person. And I'm making that a blanket statement because I feel like if anybody makes you feel bad about the financial position that you're in, it got to let them go. They are not good for you. If they are going to support you in your journey to self-sufficiency, then that is awesome. But if they're going to make you feel bad every step of the way or make fun of you for caring about wanting to work on this, then you might want to get yourself a new person. I agree. Go ahead and say it. I agree with that. I think preach, (laughs) preach it. Um, I think it goes back to understanding when someone is being helpful by asking the right questions too. Because I think going back to when it's a personal problem is like you're in a really vulnerable position. You've shared something that historically we've been told not to share or share until a certain point in our lives, and someone asking questions that are going to help them understand your situation better or help you understand your situation better, hopefully are coming from a helpful place, Um, you know, around putting together a budget or a plan or something like that, not interrogating you on where you're at, but understand that they are coming from a helpful place. And if that feels gray to you, if it doesn't really feel like that, don't be afraid to ask, like, I want to make sure that, like, this feels a little condescending and is that me or what what am I getting from you right now because I I really appreciate your help I want your help but if you could talk to me in a way that doesn't feel so condescending that might be helpful so I feel that getting it out there um I loved some questions that the every girl put together in a list for talking about money in in relationships mm-hmm. and it basically is just kind of helping you to better understand your money priorities from awesome. your own self and from your partner's standpoint. And so two of the questions I loved were, what do you like to splurge on and what do you like to save on? Sid's face. I'm like, everything and nothing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's important, though, because it gives both of you a chance to share where your priorities lie, and especially from a financial standpoint, and know if there are certain things that match up, mm-hmm. in my case, vacations are important. Right. And then what things to keep separate. Maybe we need to have our own shopping budgets. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> um, but I think additionally, those two questions also lead to a little bit more of a deeper conversation to understand what you value. Yeah. And those are important questions that you need to have with your partner. And from, from a bottom line relationship standpoint. Right. And so... That may be a difficult conversation to have, like, just outright, but they do end up 
revealing themselves in this money conversation. And it's important because you also want to be with someone who also has similar financial goals as you, because if one person is a penny pincher and the other person's a super splurge kind of gal or guy, (laughs) don't want to place judgment. (laughs) Could be either, truly. Um, But I think, I think it's important to know, like, how do you approach that together, especially in a way where it's like, we understand that Sid loves to shop. How do we make this work for their relationship and their budget? Right, right, exactly. Um, another one that I haven't necessarily encountered but thought was valuable is asking if any of their bills are being paid by their parents still and Oof. the impact if that stays or goes. You know, that's a really interesting one because, like, that feels judgy but is such a necessary question because if you understand what is not coming from their personal bank account and understanding that like, oh, someone's paying all of their bills themselves and someone else isn't. And then the expectation that comes out of, and then at some point, I assume the parents will not be paying their bills anymore. And how is that going to affect your long-term savings plans? Because that could really like erupt and like throw some things off if you have been relying on that source of income for some time and all of a sudden you're out another you know, 200 bucks a month or whatever your bills add up to be can be more than that. Really aggressive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, they are. I was like, wait a minute. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was adding in all the wrong things. <laughs> $200 for spending money. I'm just kidding. No, I think you're, you're right. Like once that, if that goes away or surprisingly goes away, what is that? result going to be for the two of you as a couple and has that person thought about what impact that has on you or additionally like hey this is a thing and this is going to be a thing for a while right what does that allow us to do with this excess excess money that we now have exactly it doesn't have to be i don't think that has to be a negative conversation i think it just needs to be an awareness that you both have it shouldn't be a surprise at some point so like on both sides of that conversation if you're the one saying it or you're the one receiving it the the like the way that you do your life is just not always going to be the way that someone else does theirs but how do you land on it together and what does it mean for you both moving forward and it either can be positive or negative but that that kind of honesty is important yeah so i think like you know when we talk about the feedback episode Are you making it personal when it's not supposed to be? Are you responding to it? How are you offering your own? Like all of those things that we just talked about all have like a face that goes with them or like a hand gesture or like a word that you might not want to use all that often. Like just think about how you're receiving something and how it's going to make the person in front of you feel, especially on a topic like this, where it's not just like your productivity level is not so great today. It's like, whatever. But it's like, oh, your parents pay all of your bills. Ugh. Like that could really hurt someone. And so understanding. Or your parents pay all your bills. <laughs> Heck yes. Exactly. Yeah. Surprise. And you're like, that's rad. <laughs> and so really like checking yourself a little bit when it comes to this conversation and understanding that like the judginess is not acceptable, but might come. But to be honest about like, I didn't expect that or that's great. Just kind of like move move um thoughtfully mm-hmm. through the conversation so um i think you know the next step is is the next step what does that look like for you how do you move forward after you've started the conversation we're still in the communication topic of like okay now we've kind of gotten to like where we're gonna walk away from the table or we're going to put it to bed for a hot minute um but I don't think you should walk away until you've put at least a loose plan to start from and know that it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that it you didn't, you know, build a whole city at the table. You started the plan and that is a huge accomplishment and that should be absolutely acknowledged as such. Yeah, I think also making sure that you're considering both your spending and your savings goals. Yeah. Because it's not just about where the money's like going out for mm-hmm. bills and such. But what are the things that you're thinking about and what priorities do you have for your future, for, you know, saving for a vacation? Do you have an emergency fund? Mm-hmm. Are How deep into these conversations are you going to go where, as I mentioned earlier, 
it starts with the groceries and ends with, you know, how are we, what age do we want to retire and what kind of life do we want to live? Yes. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's at this point, we've been together for three and a half years. And so we're starting to talk about like, what kind of retirement? We're now just now at this point getting into that where it's right. like, okay, we have our budget set up and, and where, where things, how do we live a nice retirement life right and we're young yet and that's an (laughs) important conversation to have like with yourself on a regular basis too like as we talked about in the first budget episode those are questions that you want to have answers to of like what what does that look like for me how much am i putting away for retirement this is my plan for me and then when you include that other person this is where i've started where are you at Mm -hmm. and how do we work together on this and what are our shared goals when it comes to that yeah um i think it's also you know when you're making major purchases like buying a house or making a major move or something that's like really going to upset your balance and in a good or bad way, because when you buy a house, that's a big freaking deal. Yeah. And it takes a lot of conversations and it takes a lot of commitment, I think, to your person. I mean, power to you if you're doing it by yourself, because that's super rad. But if you're doing it with another person, I mean, that's just its own level of conversation. Um, and like you said, it doesn't have to be it, like if you're just creating a grocery budget, and you're walking away from the table, that's a huge step for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, I think that's literally, in a lot of cases, where it begins. Right, right, exactly. And the other thing, I th- I think one misconception, at least, that was present for me was that I assumed there was a one-size-fits-all. Right. I assumed that, <clears throat> you know, once you are with someone who you're going to be with for the long haul, that, like... Everything is shared and you put all your bank accounts together and how does this work? And I think the most important thing that I've learned and discovered is that everybody has something that works for them. And Mm -hmm. so it's thinking about what are your own personal structures that you have within, you know, your how much money you're making and what you want to keep for yourself and what things you're comfortable sharing um, and what things you want to to have be live in the shared budget. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's something that's important is having that conversation because you could be the the couple that's like every, what's mine is yours and yours is mine um or you could be like some of what is mine is yours and some of what is yours is mine most of what is mine is mine <laughs> but yeah mine is mine and yours is yours <laughs> and that's really important i think it's like with anything we talk about that like it's really easy to fall into um what someone else is doing and kind of drag and drop and be like that'll work for me too why not mm-hmm. i like that person They're, they seem to be doing pretty okay but you're right like if you're really considering your own place financially and then your own relationship on top of that that could look very different from person to person and i believe it does just from what i know about you know what we've talked about what i've talked about with other friends like everybody's got a different way of doing this um and that's why we want to find some help that's right (laughs) so we wanted to share like just some tools and some things that um you can do or you can utilize to kind of help you in this process. Yeah. And these are all three that I've tried and abandoned. So I'm just going to be upfront about that because that these things didn't necessarily work for the way that Dan and I approached this. Well, and Dan has a very um, detailed Excel spreadsheet from what I remember. Exactly. So I think he's an app in and of himself. Yeah, we're like in the process of trying to figure out how we can have someone design the perfect app that fits <laughs> our needs. If you're out there, talk to us. If you're a developer, we have conversations for you. <laughs> app developer, specifically. So Mint is a great one. And I think a lot of people kind of start out with this um, mm-hmm. in their solo endeavors. Yep. Um, but there are ways for you to have shared accounts and shared settings and all of that. Um, what's great about this is that it's a free app. And you can link all of your accounts and set a bunch of alerts and automate payments and categorize things and tag things. And so um, especially from a shared perspective, this can be really helpful just so you both have eyes on what's happening. Um, And I think that's additionally just like from the app budgeting perspective in general is that it gives you awareness of where things are going so you have a better grasp on your funds. Absolutely. As a couple, that is. Yeah. Um, another one that's out there is Honeydew. 
This is another great free app. And it's particularly good if you're a couple that's splitting expenses. So like if, you know, Tony's putting the dinner on his uh, credit card tonight, you can split that. And if you're buying the groceries the other night, you can split that. Oh, that's nice. And so it's great because you can keep certain things on your own individual tab and then make other things under the joint tab. Okay. Um, but it doesn't necessarily work great if you're trying to split things on a joint credit card, which was one of the issues that Dan and I experienced. Yeah. Um, another one that's really good is you need a budget. And this is where you can assign money to categories so that you don't overspend. And this kind of, they come at this with the perspective of like, you've got your paycheck and now you're like flush with cash. And, (laughs) but the reality is that you technically only have $50 of that X number of dollars to spend on fun stuff. Yeah. Because everything else is going to bills, bills and whatever. So it helps you have a better sense of where your money is going and when it's going to that location so that you don't spend money you don't have. Absolutely. There are some others too. I think, you know, there are so many resources out there when it comes to finances and there are tons of podcasts, there's blogs. Um, We'll share some of our faves, but, or some of the ones that have said that they work really well, I should say. Because again, I like Fiscal Femme. Oh, I like Fiscal Femme too. Yeah. That's great. Um, (laughs) So Money is a podcast that um, landed on Inc.'s top 10 financial podcasts. She has an incredible um, kind of history and uh, reputation as far as finances go. There are some that, I mean, I talked about in the budgeting app of like Clever Girl Finance, but again, that's much more solo than it is geared toward like Mm -hmm. the dual. But but if you are getting, if you're at the point where you're still in a solo mode right now, then there's a ton out there that help. Or you could go the old-fashioned human interaction And if you are in a couple or in a relationship or in a partnership that um, you have the ability and the resources to work with a financial advisor, I definitely think this gets much more, um, I don't know if I want to say necessary, but much more helpful as you maybe age or you're diversifying your your income and where your money's coming from and how you want to spend and all that kind of stuff. And where you want to invest. Exactly. What you're investing together and separately and all that. Exactly. And that person is the expert and they should be utilized because like they've, you know, they've got the degree, they've got the experience. That's where you want to go. Um, I obviously have my full accountant, Chelsea, and she still helps me all the time, every day. I wanted to buy a pair of pants and she... She vetoed it? You know, I haven't even asked her yet because I'm scared. She's going to veto it. <laughs> She's like been on my case because as we talked about, I think like a number of episodes ago, I had a slight, slight fall off the wagon moment that resulted in more money than I should have been spending on certain things. And um, she was like, you now need to run everything by me. So I've <laughs> I've had the tab open on my laptop for some time now. And I just, I need to ask her. They're a great pair of pants that would be great for work. Somebody, like I saw someone in them and they were gorgeous and amazing. And I just think they'd be awesome for my wardrobe. I think they would really add some added pow. But do you need them? I don't know. <laughs> That means no. I need to replace a pair of pants. I'm going to stand in for Chelsea right now, and I'm going to say that's a... That's a hard no. Hard no. (laughs) I'll text her after and see what she says. (laughs) She'll say no, too. (laughs) Um, So just to, like, wrap things up today, we wanted to share some of our personal experiences. We're both in this place. Um, We're both in relationships. We're both kind of actively working at this when it comes to how to do finances in a partnership. Um, and so we just want to... It's a weird to, and fun world, guys. I'd say more Gals. more weird than fun. <laughs> but no, it is fun. It's fun to be able to feel close enough to a person to want to be this vulnerable. Because again, as you all know, I was in a very different place a year ago. And um, I had to be very honest about what that looked like for me. And um, that was a scary place. And we had been together for almost four years at that point. Um, And so it's just one of those things that like is really scary, but really necessary and brings you that much closer together. Um, And in a cheesy, but very real way. Like, I don't think I've ever felt so close to my, a partner of mine, especially because, you know, long hauling it, that whole thing. Um, But that was kind of 
where I started with my experience was really just sharing where I was at. He was sharing where he was at and how we planned to build together. Um, And I think the share has been a slow roll because it's again that moment where it's like, wow, I'm really like really letting a lot go. And you're really um, showing your own, what you feel are personal failures. For me, it felt like personal failures in my life of not being in a certain place by that time. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, that was really scary, but we are both much, much better for it. I think it shows a lot about your relationship too, like the trust and the openness and the honesty and like tons of communication have shown themselves to be like, oh, okay, like, hey, we're, we're doing this and we're on a good path and this feels really good <laughs> after a while. Um, and I've gotten much better about not dropping like giant conversation starters in really inappropriate times and places. Um, so for us, we split our rent and we're gro- our groceries, our date nights and gifts for like birthdays, weddings, stuff like that holidays, all that stuff. Um, Everything else is separate, and that's how we've chosen to do it. Um, And we also base our split on how much each of us have coming in and going out. So based on like our income, but also our bills. Um, because percentage wise or some other just kind of like honestly a guesstimate yeah like it's kind of like okay this is where I'm at right now this is and you know like both of us have moments where we either make a little bit more or we have to spend a little bit more or something like that Um, especially for gross groceries we split even because that's kind of makes sense for us Um, rent we definitely don't split evenly Um, and date nights are kind of they come down to like who suggested that? <laughs> and um, the gifts are an even split always. But, you know, especially for rent for us, it makes sense to to have it be like the fractioned situation. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's what we do. Great. And we've got, uh, again, a road ahead of us. Yeah. Um, I guess I should add that we do talk about like the long term goals as well and what that looks like for us. And, you know, some of it's like, funny and like oh I don't know maybe kind of like a long-term plan for like a lake house or something (laughs) like that Um, but some of it is super serious and like you know how long do we want to work for and are we going to be able to retire and what does that look like for us and all of those like fun awful questions but those are the ones like we talked about earlier for us in the place that we're at it makes a lot of sense to figure out like the splits and where we're spending and what our budgets look like. And the retirement conversation is like a down the road, a very early, early step one for us. And I think that the splitting process is because Dan and I have a similar approach. And I think that that's like a really good and appropriate way to figure out how to dabble in this Mm -hmm. a little bit more from a shared perspective. Um, I think the hardest thing if we're going to transition to my end. We sure are. Let's get into it. (laughs) Um, I think the hardest thing is deciding how to manage when and how to split your expenses as a couple. And what, where we are now, it has really evolved from a, Hey, how should we be splitting all of our eating out and grocery shopping expenses? (laughs) Cause it was definitely skewed. Like I was buying a lot of the groceries cause I was doing a lot of the cooking for us. Right. And he was, spending a lot of money on us going out and that wasn't necessarily fair because I forced us to go out a lot because (laughs) I was like I need to be out in the world (laughs) I need my $15 glass so it, it wasn't an even split for a while and so it really was great and I think actually Dan was the one that brought it up first was just being able to have the conversation of like hey can we have this conversation about what we're doing here and and money and stuff and just like get to a a better place about where we are and where this money lives and how we're contributing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because at that time too, I kind of was living in your space of like, I don't have a total grasp on my budget. I'm just excited that I have money that I can spend and I'm not like eyeing everything living paycheck to paycheck. So I didn't necessarily have a, a, a structured budget at the time. So it really did help me kind of get focused in that sense. Um, Today, what our 
shared space looks like is um, we have a shared rewards credit card, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mainly split eating out groceries and drinks for the home. So like bottles of wine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have budgets set for our own selves like individually and a together budget. Oh, nice. um, and it's broken out in kind of the main spending categories. Um, and so we, again, as I mentioned, we didn't really love a lot of the apps that we tried. And so that resulted in uh, Dan mastering a very intense and robust uh, formula spreadsheet. I still don't understand Excel. And so that is very impressive for a number of reasons, but mostly because the formulas on Excel just feel difficult Mm -hmm. all the time. So he's a software engineer. And so creating Excel docs to that with different pages that talk to each other. That's his thing. Is soup. He's like, this is bit basic stuff. <laughs> and I was like, so I get intense. it. Sure. Basic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think one thing that really helped us is understanding and being upfront about what we need to cut back on and having conversations about that kind of thing right away. Yes. Um, any kind of holding those things back is always going to end up in something that's a little touchy. Mm-hmm. And so for us, travel is a really big priority. And so a lot of our financial goals and budget and how we've approached our budget are focused around that. And what I think is nice, too, is that each of us have our own savings goals, mm-hmm. um, in de- like kind of independently, but also together of like, you know, we're planning a trip to Europe in the future. And so that's kind of a together thing that we're doing. Um, but it also is based upon like, what is it that he's bringing in versus what, what am I bringing in and, right. and how does that impact us as a couple? Um, and I think also kind of the fun, especially knowing how the categories work of like setting goals for ourselves and saying, how many months is it going to take for us to be able to save for a down payment of X number of dollars? Right, And so it's scary when you're like, wow, it's going to take me 30 months to save for these. <laughs> but it's like w- thinking but about, necessary. right. And like chunking it out too and saying like, okay, if I'm at this point by this time, then I'm doing pretty good. And yeah. just have those like small win moments too. And I think it helps keep you on track too of like, you'll start to see that number go up of how much time it's going to take you to do things if you get off track. Right. And for both of us, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. And so it w- it's important for us to have a grasp on what money we have and also still maintain financial freedom and know that we have flexibility within our budgets mm-hmm. um, and be able to spend money on what we want. So there definitely has, like, those elements of, like, I want to spontaneously go out and spend hundred dollars on this nice dinner that I didn't necessarily plan for, but that's really fulfilling for me. And right. to know that I can do that is important. Right. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that even though I have money for a big splurge, I still have to actually save for it so that I don't deplete the reserves that are very important to my financial freedom and, and security and all of those things. And it's so, I mean, when you can see it there and you know, it's like not, it's, You don't need it right now. And that, I think, is the thing that trips everybody up. And it trips me up. I imagine it trips other people up. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you're like, well, if I just do it this one time, then is it really going to matter? And the answer is yes, it matters because you are quitting on yourself and you're quitting on your goals. And I think that there is a healthy way to splurge and there's a way to super overdo it to the extent of like, are you kind of being dishonest with yourself about what you're really capable of and like did you just drain your rent (laughs) or did you just drain half of your savings for something that feels really important right now but if you gave it a minute it's like eating the cookie (laughs) it's like it feels really important right now (laughs) it feels like it's really gonna feel good right now but you worked so hard to get to that point and it can be really difficult to say no to things that look like a great idea but you just know it's not your time and that's okay So I encourage everyone, we encourage everyone to start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, The more that you talk about it, the easier it gets to handle small hiccups um, and better understand each other's values. And that way, when bigger things do come up, you know how to handle them, or at least like it's not a surprise. Or you're not starting from the beginning, which I think is the 
most challenging part is like just starting the conversation is usually the hardest. So knowing where you both stand and, and being aware of the ways that you can approach this conversation from a healthy perspective. Um, we hope that it goes well. Yeah. And know it just brings you closer together and it helps you understand your person better. And it can become a very big part of, it will become a very big part of your life together. Um, and again, if this person is long haul or if they're short term, but if there's a reason for you to be having this conversation, you sure as heck should have it. Yeah. So that's where we're at. So we got take the reins. It's your it's your time. You're ready. <laughs> Open it up. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.